Welcome to the Anchored Hope Podcast. We're so glad that you decided to join us today. Today's series is The Better Decisions, Part 4, The Maturity Question, featuring Michael Davis. Awesome. And then we in here, we are continuing our series called Better Decisions, Fewer Regrets. It's a book um, by Andy Stanley, pastor of North Point Community Church in Alpharetta, Georgia. And um, it's been a great book. It's a book that I got um, all of our graduates in May when they graduated. And uh, I invited all the young adults over on Friday night to my house, and we got to have a little bit of a conversation. Um, they said, I asked them, I said, have you guys read the book? They said, why do we need to? You're preaching on it now. So anyway, um, but uh, it's a really good book. And when I got it for the graduates, I, I bought myself a copy as well. And I'm like, man, this is so good. Like, this would be a great series for us to have. Because, you know, we all make poor decisions at times, right? We all have regrets. And all of us want to make better decisions and have fewer regrets. And that's what it's all about. But before we get into today's questions, uh, I want to ask you a question. Uh, when you were drove, and by the way, bless you. I'm sorry, I can't move on until I do that. Um, when you drove here today, can I ask you something? And just don't answer out loud, okay? But answer in your head. When you drove here today, when you took 61 North, most of you probably jumped on the highway at some point. When you got on the highway, what, what, what speed did you go on the highway? You're all giggling. What's up with that? Uh, what speed did you go? I don't know if you know this. Did you know what the speed limit is on 61 North? It's not. No, it's not. That's be a wrong answer. No, it's um, it's 65. Now again, oh, it's 60. That that was a trick question. It's 60, guys. Good job. Way to catch me. Um, it's 60. All right, it's 60 miles an hour. So let me ask you something. At minimum, at minimum, you all went 60. But I think if we were go, to go around the room and poll everybody, you went much faster than that, right? I mean, some of you, you did go 65. Clearly, I did this morning, right? You went 65. I mean, come on, some of you, I know you. I've driven in the car with some of you. You, you went 70, didn't you? I mean, you were going 70. And I mean, it's some of you. I've seen some of you guys whipping here like Fast and the Furious, okay? I mean, I, some of you went even above that, right? And here's the deal. I mean, the speed limit is 60 miles per hour. That's the law. So technically, uh, many of you guys broke the law this morning. You're all bad to the bone. You guys are so cool, you know. You guys are rebellious. I mean, you, you probably went faster than that. You broke the law. But here's the thing, right? You were kind of like playing the line, right? I mean, you were like, well, that's the speed limit, but... And everybody does it, but... Right? And what we did, we, this is what we did. We chose a speed limit that allows us to break the law while at the same time avoid an encounter with the law. Because if we would... <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, that's the gospel truth, isn't it, Mike? Uh, 
<laughs> right? That's what you chose. And I mean, if you were pulled over, if you got pulled over on the way here, if you got pulled over for going like 68, you would have been like, who does this guy think he is, right? I mean, you would have been bothered. You would have been so upset. But we do that with the speed limit, right? I mean, we know like here's the line, and then we play as close to the line or even go over the line just to that point, just to that point where we probably won't get a ticket, where we probably won't encounter the law, where we're probably not doing anything wrong, right? And here's the thing. I'm the same way with cookies, okay? That's right. I'm the same way with cookies. Every once in a mile, my, my wife and I, we have this word that we made up. It's not a real word. It's called giggered. Okay? It's where you're not hungry, but you're not satisfied. You're giggered. Okay? So anyway, that's Kate and I language. So we, sometimes we get giggered, and Kate's like, do you want me to make some cookies? Right? And so I'm like, yeah, that'd be cool. I'll get, make some cookies. And then all of a sudden, an hour later, there's 60 cookies. I'm like, can you not just make like five cookies? She goes, Michael, that's not how cookie making works. Okay? You can't just, I can't just make one cookie. I have to make one cookie. My wife doesn't really sound like that, by the way, if you've never met my wife. But she makes like 60 cookies. So anyway, I take a cookie and I eat it. And nobody eats one cookie, okay? I'm a normal man, all right? Of course I'm going to eat two cookies. So I eat another cookie. So then I'm looking at the other 58 cookies sitting at the plate staring at me in my nostrils, okay? And you know what I've learned to appreciate life? I've had COVID. I love having my taste. So what do I do? I say this. What's one more? And then I eat one. And I go, well, what's one more? And then I eat another one. And I go, well, now the plate's uneven. Now I've got to eat another one, right? And I'm like, what's one more? And you know what? You ask yourself that question. What's one more? Is one more going to make me gain 20 pounds? Is one more going to ruin my diet? Is one more going to, you know, take, take, take this away from me? I, not one more. One more is not going to do that, right? And we do that. We do that in, in many ways. In many ways, it's, our, it's, it's human instinct. It's our natural inclination. Our natural inclination is to live as close to the line as possible. Right? Now, you can say amen about that. Come on now, all right? That's our natural inclination. That's what we do, to live as close to the line as possible. And we all know this to be true, but just for a minute, just for a minute, I want you to put your big brother or your big sister hat on. I want you to put your parents' glasses on. Here's the thing, you don't live that way, though, when it comes to your older brother or your younger brother, your younger sister, or your kids, or anybody else you care about, do you? I mean, you tell people all the time, be careful. What happens, you know, we just got done with summer, what happens when we go to the pool? When you see kids running around the pool, right, like sprinting around the pool, what do you tell them to do? Slow down. Hey, careful, walk, walk. If a toddler, if a toddler, if this is a, an edge of a pool and a toddler, this is how toddlers walk, by the way, right? If a toddler starts waddling towards the edge of the pool, what does every adult in the vicinity do? <sighs> right? They nab the kid. They grab the kid. Somebody goes, hey, 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 right? Why do you do that? The kid hasn't fallen in the pool yet. Nobody slipped and fell. Everything is okay. Why are we freaking out? Let the kid live a little, right? Let's have some fun here. YOLO, you only live once. What's everybody concerned about? It's because you know. You know that they are close to the line. You know that they're living on the edge. And we all 
do that in our own lives. I mean, we do that. We have that, we have that position for other people. But yet, why don't we have that position for ourselves? We live on that line. And that line is this. It's that line between legal and illegal, responsible and irresponsible, moral and immoral, ethical and unethical. We live on that line and we live as close to that line that we can. It's that line between I'm still in control and I need help. That line between I'm just having fun and I'm endangering myself and others. It's that line between I'm just curious and I'm cheating. It's that line. That line that we are living on. Why do we do that? Why, when when other people do it, we go, hold on, stop, be careful, think about what you're doing. But when it comes to ourselves, when it comes to the way we live, we live as close as we can, button up against that line as possible. And it comes because of four assumptions that we make. And the four assumptions that we make are this. If it's not wrong, it's all right. And if it's not illegal, it must be permissible. And if it's not immoral, it's acceptable. And if it's not over the line, it's fine. We live this out. We live this way. I can't tell you as a pastor how many times I've been asked the question or I've been DM'd, is it a sin to? Why do you need to know? I know exactly why you're asking that question. You're asking the wrong question. You know why you want to know that question? Because you want to go as close to that line as possible. Tell me everything that I can do before I have to accept responsibility for what I've done. And here's what you know. You know this. I'm preaching to the choir. Playing that close to the edge is dangerous. Playing that close to the edge of the pool in life is dangerous. And we all play this game. We play this game of how close to sin. How close to sin can I get without actually sinning? How long can I neglect my health before I have a problem? How long can I neglect my marriage? How long can I neglect my kids before it's a problem? Before I'm going to have to pay the consequences for it? How long can I smoke and I chew before I get told I've got cancer or I've got lip cancer or I've got gum cancer? How long can I drink before I'm drunk? How long can I smoke before it's an issue? How long can I neglect my finances before I'm in debt or I'm claiming bankruptcy? How long can I go before we have a problem here? And you know what that's called? That's called a slippery slope. A slippery slope. And many of us, we play on this this slippery slope. And it's just like this game of trying to find our balance. And whoa, 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 whoa. And people are watching you from the outside going, are they going to fall? I don't know. I'm not sure. And there's this tension that's there. But the thing is, is we put ourselves there. Why are we playing With such a dangerous fire, why are we playing so close to the edge of the pool? And the reason is, you know, we talked about this at the beginning of the series. Good questions lead to good decisions. And the thing is, is that we're asking the wrong question. The wrong question that we're all asking is this. Is there anything wrong with this? Is there anything wrong with this? Well, technically. Okay, that's all I needed to know. 
Is it illegal? No. Is it a sin? Well, no. Okay, well, then it must be good. It must be fine. It must be permissible, right? We go off. We base everything off of those assumptions, and we play a wild game. But you know this, and I know this. You've done things that have not necessarily been a sin or not necessarily been illegal, but yet it's led you to some of your biggest regrets, right? It's led to marriage problems. It's led to relationship problems. It's led to financial problems. As a matter of fact, talking to you guys as your pastor, a lot of the stuff that you deal with isn't necessarily sin. It isn't necessarily illegal. It's just problems of anxiety and depression and being overwhelmed and management and balance. And well, where in the world did all those things come from? It came from playing too close to the edge. And there's got to be, there's got to be a better question than, is there anything wrong with this? And there is. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But if you're just catching up with us, we have been going through five questions that lead to us making better decisions and having fewer regrets. And so week one, we talked about the integrity question. The integrity question is, am I being honest with myself? Really? Am I being honest with myself? Before I make this decision, why do I want to make this decision? And what am I really after? Am I being honest with myself? Really, you are a sucker for you. You have talked yourself into some bad decisions before. And so you really can't trust yourself because you have lied to yourself so many times in the past. So you've got to stop, pause, ask yourself the question, am I being honest with myself? Really? And then we talked about the legacy question. The legacy question is, is what story do you want to tell? At the end of your life, when your life is nothing more than a story to tell, what story do you want to be told? You don't just have options in front of you. Don't think in terms of just options. It's not just options. It's story. You are telling a story. Matt's a great example of this, right? In front of him was an option to fight. But you know what? Inside of that option, he made a story out of it. A story that was not just about a win or a loss. It was a story that impacted other people. And that story, guess what? That story is what people are talking about. They're not talking about the fight. They're not talking about the loss. They're talking about the story that was written through the decisions that he made. And that is on all of us. What legacy do you want to leave? What story do you want to tell? And then lastly, we talked about the conscience question. The conscience question is, is there a tension that deserves your attention? Is there a tension there? Do you feel that? Everything seems right. Everything seems like it's lining up. It almost seems like it's God-ordained, like this is what God wants me to do. But yet something inside of you says, wait. Something inside of you says, hold on. Something inside of you says, there might be something wrong here. Pay attention to that tension. Let it bother you. Let that soak in. Let it be there. Because something there may be very important that needs your attention. And then today we're going to get into this. We're going to get into the maturity question. It's called the maturity question because really it takes a very mature person to stop and to ask this question. And it really goes back to the verse that has kind of been the verse of this whole series. It's a verse I hope you memorize, Proverbs 27. You've been talking about this in your small groups. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. The, the, the prudent, they have their eyes open. They're actively looking for danger. 
actively looking for, for what may be wrong, actively looking for what needs their attention. They're pausing and they're monitoring. But the simple, they don't, they don't do that. They just, they just continue to go. They just continue to plow through. They don't stop to ask these questions. But we, we, we need to do that. It's important that we do that. Why and what is that called? What's it called when we're prudent in this way? And what, is it, what the word is, is it's, it's wisdom. And that's our question for today, is what's the wise thing to do? And you've heard me preach on this so many times. You've heard me talk about this so many times. I want you to say this question with me, right? What's the wise thing to do? Right? Because what's right and what's wrong isn't always clear. What we're supposed to do, it's, it's not always so clear in front of us. We don't always know exactly what it is we're supposed to do. So we've got to stop and we've got to ask ourselves the question, what's the wise thing to do? It's such a, it's such a good question. And, and where it comes from is it comes from something that but Paul wrote. Paul wrote this in Ephesians. Paul, Paul said this, he said, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Live not as unwise, but as wise. That, that phrase there, making the most of every opportunity, in the Greek, that's actually a, a Greek word. And that phrase, that, that Greek there, means to redeem your time. Redeem your time. Because I don't know if you know this or not, but time is the most precious commodity that you have. Time is what you are running out of. Time is what you have to make most of your opportunities. And that's exactly what Paul says. He goes, we need to be redeemers of our time. We need to be wise with our time. We need to make the most of every single opportunity that we have. We need to make the most of the time that we have with our kids. Make time with the, the, that we have with our loved ones. Make, make the most of the time that we have to invest. Make the most of the time we have to use our bodies and to take care of them. We need to invest in our our time. Why? Because the days are evil. Because you know this. You know that the days are evil. And what that really means is, is that when it talks about the days are evil, it means, you know what? Culture is going to be against us on this. All right? This is on us. Because you know, you know this, right? You've never talked to a salesperson that's ever said, you know what? Why don't it doesn't know? I don't doesn't look like you're ready. Why don't you just go home and think about it for a little bit, right? Have you ever seen an ad or a commercial that encouraged you to be careful, right? To wait, to be patient. Have you ever seen a commercial that came by that was for a credit card that was like, you know, debt isn't the greatest thing to get into, and you should really be more careful and maybe not have as many credit cards and maybe not roll. No, you don't ever see anything like that, right? It is pushed on you to make decisions quickly, to be all in, to go bonkers. I mean, that is what culture shoves in our face. And the thing is, as Paul is saying this, and it's such a relevant message today, even these thousands of years later, is that the days are evil, meaning this is on us. The only way that we are going to be wise is if we choose to be. So we have to ask ourselves the question, what's the wise thing to do? But the good thing is, is that there are actually three parts to this question that really give us the answer of what we need to do. And the whole teased out question of this is, in light of my past experiences, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing to do? In light of my past experiences... In light of my past experiences, what's the wise thing to do? Because guess what? My past experiences 
aren't necessarily what your past experiences are. My family history is not the same as your family history. My heartbreaks aren't necessarily your heartbreaks. My struggles, my addictions, my natural bends and twists and turns, my natural inclinations, those are mine, and they may not be yours. So in light of my past experiences, not yours, because again, what may be permissible for you, because it's not necessarily illegal and it's not necessarily a sin, it's just unwise, what's okay for you, it, it may not be okay for me. What you would do may not necessarily be something that I should do, because in light of my past experiences, it's not the wise thing for me to do. So in light of my past experiences, what's the wise thing for me to do? And then, in light of my current circumstances, what's the wise thing for me to do? You know, life is seasonal, okay? We all know that. Seasons are changing right now. But life, life is, is seasonal. And you know what? In the moment now, right now, what used to be wise or what may be even wise in the future may not be the wise thing for me to do right now. I don't know if you guys know this or not. We're still in the middle of a pandemic, Okay, all right. Some of us from our church, we just went to a funeral last week from somebody who died of COVID. COVID's not over. Okay, right now in this season, in the midst of this pandemic, guess what? There are some things that are wise for us to be doing. Then there are some things for us that if we did them, they would be unwise because very easily someone could get hurt. And so you know what? Right now in the midst of this season that we're in, it won't be forever. It won't be. And definitely it was different in 2018. But the thing is, is that right now, there are certain things that would be wise for us to do. Right now, in the middle of this, did you just go through a divorce? Did you just go through a breakup? Did you just have a kid? Guess what? All of those things, when they happen now, again, used to it might have been okay. Used to it might have been wise. But right now, for what you're trying to do right now, what's the wise thing for you to do in this season of your life? But let's not forget this, too. It's not just about circumstances. It's also about emotions, right? Have you ever had to apologize for saying something? Have you ever fired off an email or a text message or a comment that you probably later on you regretted doing, right? What happened there? In the moment, in the moment, in the set of current circumstances you're in, in the current emotions that you had, you should have shut your mouth, right? You should have turned off the email. You should have waited. I mean, me, myself, I mean, all the apologies I've ever had to make, they were because of things that I did in the moment, in the current but when I, if I would have waited, if I would have held off, if I would have responded to that email 48 hours later or said, give me 48 hours you know, to think about this, or if I would have waited to respond, waited to comment back, I I've never had to apologize for something I said a week later. I've never had to apologize after I've waited. And you know why? It's because in the moment when things are heated, when people are hot, when tensions are high, we say and we do things that we end up regretting. We say and we do things that we end up needing to apologize for later. So in the moment, in, the, in a set of current circumstances that we're in, in light of my, my current emotions and my current feelings and my current tension that I have in myself, what is the wise thing for me to do? And then the last part of this question, in light of my future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing for me to do? 
Every single one of us in this room have hopes and dreams. We have things in the future that we want to do, things in the future we'd love to see. We have future hopes and dreams for our finances. We have future hopes and dreams for our families, for our marriages, for our personal selves, for our businesses, right? We all have future hopes and dreams. But here's what we all know. You know this to be true. Life is hard on dreams, isn't it? Come on now. Where'd the amens go? All right, come on now. Especially all you adults, you know this. Life is hard on dreams. You're not speaking because you know it to be true. Because it makes you sad when you think about it. Because, right, because you know, because you know when you go back, when you went back to when you were a teenager, when you were in your young 20s, the hopes and dreams you had, some of them didn't come true. Some of them didn't come true. And the reason is, is because life can be really, really hard on them. Because it just doesn't magically happen. I mean, there is a headwind that is against us, that is against our hopes and dreams. And to make our hopes and dreams come true, I mean, it really does. It takes a lot of wisdom, doesn't it? It takes a lot of navigating. I mean, that phrase that Paul said, the days are evil. We know how true that is because we've lived those, those storms. We've weathered those storms. We've gone through those things. And man, life can be really hard on dreams, which is why we got to be wise and not unwise. Parents, let me talk to you for a sec. My thinking stool's over there. I'm not going to go get it. Anyway, the staff and I have been talking about this. As your pastor, as your pastor, I look at our church. We got a, we got a, we got a young church. We got like 50 kids in the back, right? I'll, I'll be honest with you, okay? I'm going to be totally transparent with you. I'm going to tell you what has been on my heart, what my, has been on my mind, what I've been praying about, and what I've been talking to my staff about. I look at our kids who are in grade school, who are going into grade school, and I, and I listen to you. You parents, you parents, you come to me all the time, and you tell me stories, and you have concerns, and you have prayer requests. And, and, you know, some of the things you guys tell me about, and again, these are your words. I'm not putting words into you. It's not my judgment. It's things you've told me. I mean, we've got a, we've got a generation of kids that are really stressing you guys out. I mean, we've got some kids that are, have behavioral issues, who are obstinate, who have social anxiety at a very young age. And, and I'll be honest with you. Sometimes we look at these kids, and I, and I get what you're saying, but you're like, oh, well, this is, this, this is my wild child, you know, or, you know, that's my one, you know, and stuff like that. But as your pastor, okay, I'm always looking to the, towards the future, and I'm looking at patterns. I'm really concerned about this generation that's in grade school. I'm concerned about what it's going to be like for them and for you when this generation becomes teenagers, Okay? I'm telling you that out of concern. Because some of you, again, you tell me about this obstinance and these behavioral issues and these patterns, okay? And I just imagine, for some of you guys, this is five years down the road. You take those same patterns and you put them behind the wheel of a car, okay? Some of you, you tell me about these patterns and you tell me these things and you go, well, what am I going to do? And I'm like, well, you really need to tell them something because if they do that on a college campus to another female when they're 19, then somebody's going to tell them no. The cops are going to tell them no. That's who's going to tell them no. And I'm worried. I'm really worried about where, where, our gen, where this generation five years from now, when this generation, there are youth, what it's going to look like. 
You know, I do a lot with the school, guys. I partner with the school. We, we've got a lot of teachers here. I look at the school situation. The school right now, our, our, our youth, our, our teenagers in high school, there's a challenge on social media that's all about vandalizing bathrooms. That's stealing stuff. There, there's, a, there's a month where the theme is slap a staff member in the face month. Okay? That's what the school is dealing with. Wow. And those teenagers are going to be adults, Right? So I'm talking to my staff about this. I'm talking, I'm talking to, 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 to parents and to, to my staff about this. And I'm going, we got to get ahead of this. Because I know, I know that your future hopes and dreams for your kids are, are that they would, they would be responsible. Is that they would, they would have integrity. Is, is that they would, you know, be able to have healthy relationships. That they would be able to, to live out the hopes and dreams that you have for them. Well, here's the thing, guys. That work begins right now. Because the way that you end up where you want to be is wise decision on top of wise decision on top of wise decision. It doesn't happen by accident. Here's something for you to remember. Nobody, nobody plans to undermine their own future. They just don't plan not to. And here's the thing. No kid right now, no kid is planning to undermine their future. It's just that sometimes as parents, we don't give them the skills to make the plans that they want. We need to give them the tools. We do a great job at being their friend. My generation's done a great job of that. I get that. I'm a millennial. I know. But we've got to do more to help them. And, it, and let me tell you something. It ain't, it's, the church can't do it one hour a week. <laughs> we can't do it with one hour a week. That, that's not our job. We're, we're here to partner with you. We're here to help you. And, and so, you know, one of the things that we did just this week that opened up, we, we, we made a family hub. Rachel Hakeem did a great job of designing a family hub, and I bought books and resources. There, there's a whole library upstairs in the studio at the family hub of books on marriage, books on spiritual growth and personal growth, books on parenting. I literally have a book on every single grade, how to parent a first grader, how to parent a fifth grader. Every single grade and every single season of life, I have a specific book that you can, you can rent out for free, for free, take home and read. And I would love, and other parents would love to have a discussion with you about that. Books on fostering and adopting and what that looks like. We have a whole library for you to use, resources to help you, because I know for a fact that you have hopes and dreams for your family. But in order in order to see your family be where you want them to be, you have to begin the work right now. We have to ask ourselves, in light of our future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing to do? Same goes for your finances. I'm telling you right now, again, I'm, I'm calling it, okay? I'm calling my shot. One of the biggest things that my generation, my young generation is probably going to be up against is, you know what? Some of us, we want to retire one day, and we won't be able to. You know why we won't be able to retire? Because right now, we're living in debt. We're not even saving. We're nowhere near that. 20, 30 years from now when we want to retire, it may not even be an option. Why? Because we didn't take the time. Because we didn't take the time to invest in our future hopes and dreams. We lived in the moment. And we did what we wanted. And you know what? 30 years from now when we're wanting to retire, when nobody's wanting to hire us, when they're wanting to hire the younger, stronger, faster, smarter, guess what? We'll be left behind. What are your future hopes and dreams? Because the people who are living your hopes and dreams, who are retired today, who are able to do the things they have and own the things they have, guess what? They worked for them. They put wise decision on wise decision on wise decision. It's how they got there. 
everyone, everyone is going to end up somewhere. Wouldn't it be nice to end up there on purpose? Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice to wake up one day and go, how did I get here? Oh, that's right. I plan to be. <laughs> I plan to be retired at this age. I planned for my kids to, 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 to have these morals, to have these ethics, to be good people, to be able to have healthy relationships, to be able to have a job. I, I, I did the work. I made wise decision on top of wise decision on top of wise decision. Oh, that's how I got here. Wouldn't that be nice? But here's the thing. Many of us, we get caught in this conundrum, right? We get, we get caught in this moment, and we say things like this. We, we, the excuses that we come up with is like, but, but I'm not hurting anybody. But I can handle it. But there's no law against it. And this is my favorite. This is my absolute favorite. God will forgive me. And you know what? You know why this is so easy to get caught in this trap? It's so easy to get caught in trap because this is all true. It is. These are a bunch of half-truths. But here's the thing, and you know this. I'm not hurting anybody until somebody gets hurt. (laughs) And you can handle it until you can't. And there's no law against it. Oh, but you've seen people canceled for far less. And God will forgive you. But that's not the point of being a Christian, is it? See, our excuses, our excuses, they escort us to the threshold of regret. Every regret, our greatest regret that we've ever had, we excused ourselves there. We lied ourselves there because you are a sucker for you. And we will never be able to see beyond that. We will never be able to talk ourselves into a good decision until we start to ask the right questions. And the right question is, what's the wise thing to do? So let me ask you something. Everybody's probably on some kind of slippery slope right now. What's the wise thing for you to do? In light of your past experiences... What's the wise thing for you to do? In light of your current circumstances, what's the wise thing for you to do? In light of your future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing for you to do? Now, here's what I love about this question, right? I love this question because many of you, you grew up in church, and this is not what we were taught, right? We were taught do's and do nots, okay? Right? Do's and do nots. We were taught the rules. We were taught the laws. We were taught, don't do this. Stay away from that. You know, I think the old saying used to be like, don't, smoke, don't date girls that smoke, chew, or do, or something like that, right? I mean, that's what we were taught, right? I mean, don't do these things. But then we grew up, and the first thing we figured out is all the people who were teaching the rules couldn't even live up to the rules themselves. And we said, hypocrite, liar. I mean, they set the bar this high, and it was all about situational things. It wasn't even things that were necessarily wrong, and they set the bar this high, and we realized they couldn't even meet the bar. So we said, forget this. But think. Think if it was what we taught our kids today. Think if the guideline that we taught our kids and our young people today is it's not about what's right or wrong, because sometimes even what's right is wrong for you. You need to think about being wise. What you need to think about is what's the wise thing to do. I tell you what, I speak to myself, I would have saved myself a lot of regret if I would have learned that when I was young. 
I would have saved myself a lot of money if I would have learned that when I was young. Because I made a lot of decisions that weren't wrong, weren't sinful, but boy, they were unwise. And I got stories to tell, and I got bills for counselors to meet. I mean, there could have been a lot of better decisions that were made if I would have stopped and asked myself, what's the wise thing to do? And for those of you who didn't grow up in church, man, if we, you would have had this question when you were younger, right? I mean, the regrets that you have today. And I mean, a lot of us, I know a lot of our stories, it all worked out in the end. And that's great, and that's absolutely true. God can redeem any situation. But we do, let's be honest, we put ourselves through some storms that we could have very much avoided. Okay? And not everything happens for a reason. Just rub that from your, rub your thing, okay? Not everything happens for a reason. There's some awful things that happen in this world for no stupid reason. That should never have happened. Things don't always work out. Sometimes they do, but if we would take this question, if we had the maturity to stop, pause, and ask ourselves, what's the wise thing for me to do in light of my past experiences, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing for me to do? Oh, man, the regrets I could have saved myself. And so I don't know about you, but this is what I teach my kids. I say, hey, what, what do you think the wise thing to do is here? Knowing yourself. Knowing your current circumstances and knowing where you want to be and who you want to be. What's, what's the wise thing for me to do? It's the question that our church asks. It's the question that our leadership asks. It's the guiding question that helps us so much because it's such a game changer to ask the question, what's the wise thing for me to do? So I want you to learn this question. I want you to stop, pause, and ask yourself. Because God wants to show you what the wise thing for you to do is. Not for everybody. And maybe not forever. Maybe in the future it'll change. Maybe in the future it'll be okay to buy that. Maybe in the future it'll be okay to invest. Maybe in the future you, you can do all these different things. But for right now, it's not the wise thing for you to do. In light of your past experiences, in light of what you've been through, in light of what you've seen, maybe God's trying to tell you that for you, that's not the wise thing for you to do. So will you pray with me this morning? I'm going to invite the, the band to come back up, and they're going to close us with a song. But I want you to just bow your heads with me real quick. And I just want you to think about that thing, those decisions that you have in front of you. The decisions that you have, there's a lot of options. And I want you to just think for the moment, am I being honest with myself? Really? Am I being honest with myself, really? And you know what? When this story is just a story to tell, what story is it that I want to tell? And is there a tension? Is there a tension that deserves my attention right now, Lord? Is there something you're trying to tell me? Is there something you're trying to show me? And in light of my past experiences, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, What's the wise thing for me to do? God, would you show that to me? Would you reveal that to me? Because, God, I've, I've, I've done this on my own. I've tried to predict the future. There have been so many times where I've been wrong, where I've had regrets. So, God, would you reveal to me what the wise thing to do is? Will you show me that? Would you reveal the truth to me, God? Would you guide me through this? In your name we pray. Amen.
you would like to leave a donation, please visit anchoredhope.church forward slash give. If you'd like to speak with someone from Anchored Hope, please visit anchoredhope.church forward slash high. Thank you for listening and God bless.